Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I believe in inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they desire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot. I've done a lot. I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all will be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vale's World. It's the team. Hey, yo, it's your boy Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vale's World Podcast. But before we get started, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vale's World Podcast. And if you would love to send a nice email or sponsor or show up at an upcoming episode, hit us up at Vale's World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now let's get on with the show. So today's good read is The Power of Crisis, How Three Threats and Your Responses Will Change the World by Ian Bremmer. And I like this book for those that don't know. I'm into policy, global trade and issues and things like that. So I'm a little nerd. And this unwavering, ultimately hopeful book, Bremmer details how domestic and international conflicts leave us unprepared for a trio of looming crises, global health emergencies, transformative climate change, and AI revolution. Today, Americans cannot reach a consensus on any significant political issue, and U.S. and Chinese leaders behave as if they're locked into this new Cold War. We are squandering opportunities to meet the challenges that will soon confront us all. In the coming years, humanity will face viruses deadlier than the infectious ones that we just got from COVID-19. Intensifying climate change will put tens of millions of refugees in flight and require us to reimagine how we live our daily lives. Most dangerously of all, new technologies will reshape the geopolitical order, disrupting livelihoods and destabilizing our societies faster than we can grasp and address their implications. This book stands out because a lot of times we get so trapped into local issues, either city, state, or federal, that we don't think about the implications that they may have globally based on the 2020 fiasco from COVID-19. So this is a good read for anybody that's in government, political, global, international affairs. I just want to learn about the issues that America faces on a global scale. Today's good read, The Power of Crisis, How Three Threats and Our Responses Will Change the World by Ian Bremmer. And if y'all got a good read, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. Or if you got a book report, a summary, or you want to talk about what I was just talking about, or talking about why you didn't like the book, send us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. What's poppin'? So I know I'm a little late, but I must add, protect Jamie Foxx. We must protect him. He was out for a while, popped back up made a statement as it pertains to friends, stabbing them in the back, and they turned it to an anti-Semitic 
stance once again. Every time a black person says something, it's it's always anti-Semitic when it confronts the Jewish community or when they feel threatened. I can't even say anything about it because they're going to say I'm anti-Semitic. And I don't know any Jewish people firsthand that I can touch. Pope, like, I don't know any Jewish people. I have no hate in my heart, my blood, my spirit for Jewish people. But if I say that Jewish people are doing a great job of protecting their identity, their powers, their riches, their wealth, then I will be considered anti-Semitic. If that's the case, Christianity in its own writing is anti-Semitic. But I'm just so confused. He pretty much made a statement about being stabbed in the back. And in my black mind, I automatically went to, oh, I didn't necessarily think about Judas and Christ and things of that nature. I just knew what the hell he was talking about. Friends and some backstabbing friends. That was it. I didn't think nothing more, nothing less. And I'm sure a lot of people in the black community thought the same thing. It was not pushing hate. It was not pushing anything. And the fact that he was sick for so long and then that being one of the first things is really alarming. So I hope the loved ones of Jamie Foxx really hold on to him. I hope the culture really supports and backs him. Jamie Foxx is one of the most talented individuals in the world. Singing, comedy, acting, just so many different things, man. I have a great heart of supporting and providing for our community. And a lot of times the media does a great job of pending us against each other. And I'm happy that we have experienced the Kyrie Irving, the Kanye West, because it made us have our antennas up when this came across and we didn't fall for their old tactics. So protect Jamie Foxx. Right now, I am recording doing the, the tropical storm hurricane fiasco right now in Florida. Hurricane, it, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It began with I, Adelia. Adelia, I'm just saying that. Y'all know I can't talk, man. I'm still learning English. Right now, just a lot of wind and rain. The normal, the normal. That's typically what we get here in Orlando. There may be some flooding because it has been raining since about three o'clock this morning when I woke up, maybe longer than that. Yeah, everybody be careful. For those that aren't in Florida that's blowing my phone up and see all the scary things that's on the news, make sure y'all send some videos to me because here it's just a regular hurricane season. The only good thing about hurricane season is that usually when it's over, the weather changes. So hopefully we don't get 90 and 100 degree weather for the foreseen future. Fingers crossed to that. Uh, meanwhile, I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone is surrounded by loved ones. Yeah, everybody just be safe. And quick update for everybody. I have runner's feet. Yay. So people are like, what does that mean? In the month of August, I ran 100 miles once again. Yes, I ran 100 miles. My last time running 100 miles in a month was April of 2020. I had shit else to do during COVID. So I decided to run 100 miles. This go round, it was a little unexpected. I ran around 70 miles in July. And I kind of told myself, I kind of foreseen this. I was like, oh man, with a little more preparation, I could have probably went for 100 again. Sure shit stink the following month. Just going with my basic training for the half marathon plan that I'm doing with the Nike Run Club out. I got to 81, about 10 days before um, the month was over. And I was looking and I was like... 
why not? So I started doing the calculations, figuring out the different runs that I had to do to complete this next week of running that I had. And um, the calculations offered out well. I was like, wow, I can possibly do this. And yeah, I did it. I ran six miles Sunday. I moved my seven mile run to Tuesday. Then I was going to move it anyway because I was supposed to do it like Sunday, but I was going to be in Houston for my bro's bachelor weekend. So I was going to move it anyway, and I decided to move it to Tuesday to just get it out the way. Ran a quick little 15-minute run on Monday, and then did my seven miles on Tuesday. So it's been good. Doing this journey, I've lost a toenail. So one of my toenails are is recovering. And then I got a blister on my foot for being semi-hard-headed. I ran six miles a couple weeks ago, and my typical long distance running shoe uh it just started ripping so i had ordered me some new shoes and i thought well let me get my my three milers that's what i call them 30 minutes or less i have another pair of shoes for that i was like let me just run in these and i did on my way back i think around five miles just based on the time my shoe became a mini swimming pool. What's been happening, it's been so hot in Florida that the sweat from my body goes down, absorbs in my sock, then my socks start getting wet and soaked, and then that sweat just goes into the foot, it just has a lot of moisture. This particular day was a little wet as well, so I'm splashing in water, and it, it just was a mess. So when you have all that going on, that friction, foot rubbing and things like that, on my way back, I develop a blister. So me being hard-headed, I was like, oh, it's just a blister. Got home, got some fingernail clippers, and I just busted, let the pus out, and assumed that it will just heal, and that will make it heal faster. That was not the case. So for the last week and a half now, I still been running, but I had to wake up and prep a little earlier. So peroxide or alcohol on it, neosporin, put some toilet paper over. I got Charmin, the thick stuff, hold it on top of the wounded area, sneak my sock on, slide it on, boom, and then finessely put my foot in the shoe. Like the first couple seconds, I, I feel it. And then after that, I just tap into the mode and just start running. Ironically, the runs that I've been doing have been some of the fastest runs that I have done since starting this training and since returning back to run. I've been running for real for like a year. I've been testing it out, had a stress fracture in my foot. And um, for those that don't know, I started this, started back my running journey after a health scare from leaving Jamaica. I had acid reflexes, nothing too scary, but I had acid reflexes for the first time. And there was a lot of drinking going on. And I was already questioning my health and things of that nature. So that was just the thing that kind of like jump started everything for me to get back at it. Started with a four week program to get my feet back under me. Trust me, it was painful. My, my foot, I just wanted to get some of the weight off so that I can be able to run longer and faster and healthier. I did not want to run 226 pounds for three, four or five miles at the time just to start off. So I, I wanted to take baby step. So my four week plan was like three times a week. I got my weight down to about 118 ish. And then from there, I started my 5K plan that was eight weeks. And then I got my weight down to about 210, 215-ish. It was jumping between those. And then I started my half marathon 14-week plan back in July. Wow. Yeah, back in July. And that has, whoa, a lot. I know I didn't. And that has proven to be some of the 
best experiences as it pertains to running ever. I have hit a lot of milestones from furthest run, from longest run, from 100 miles in one month again, and really just testing my body, giving myself grace, listening to my body, allowing myself to push through adversity. And I love y'all for being patient with me during this process. I haven't been able to make episodes as frequently as I want to. But yeah, this journey has been incredible. Thanks for all the love and support via social media, you know, just run with your boy. And that's it, man. If, if y'all want to tell us what's popping, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. And if you'd love to send some great words of encouragement, shoot us an email at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now, hot topic. Man, this has been on my heart for a while. I've been thinking about it for a while. I've been talking about it for a while. Y'all probably heard some episodes with me mentioning it for a while. And I decided, let's make this its own episode. So many of us are anti-privilege. It's just a human nature. We just hate people to have more privilege than us for a lot of reasons. A lot of this is important to note that it's people's feelings and attitudes that are so complex. You have Donald Trump that's upset with the NFL for not letting him become an NFL owner, right? And it's like, you got all this money, so-called. Like, why are you hating on someone who has the opportunity, the access to have a football team just because they got a football team? It's like, oh, my house is bigger. My boat is bigger. Like, someone is always feeling the wrong way. It's like, man, through my readings and through my experience, I'm going to try to pivot through the reasons why some of these individuals might harbor these negative feelings towards those with a little more privilege, right? You got pretty privilege, you got tall privilege, you got societal privilege, you have educational privilege, you have age privilege. There's just so many different privileges in the world and so many different reasons why so many different people hate them. And I'm going to try to break it down. So number one I got on my list is perceived unfairness. People often resent those with more privilege because they just perceive them as being distributors of resources and opportunities as unjust. Ah, because you have money, because you're tall, because you're this, and it means us little people can't get it. This can breed resentment, particularly when individuals believe that their own hard work is not being equally rewarded in comparison to others who seem to just inherit these advantages. So it's like, ah, because I'm tall, I'm able to make the basketball team. I hate you because you're tall. I'm short. I got to work harder. I got to do more things. I got to do all this other stuff. But just because you're tall, you got the spot before me or you get to start before me. So I hate you. It's really that that simple. So what I have for y'all, number two is lack of empathy. Individuals with significant privilege might be seen as out of touch with the struggles and challenges faced by those with less privilege. This perceived lack of empathy can lead to negative feelings as people believe that those privileged don't truly understand or care about any of their experiences. And we see this a lot, especially being a guy like myself from the inner city of St. Louis, Missouri. We really didn't respect individuals that stayed in the county or went to private school, regardless of how they got to the county or private school, which is usually academic or athletics if they were being shipped off because that's just what the other school districts did. They took our smartest and most athletic students and and brought them all the way an hour away just to get education, which was perceived better education. Newsflash, I was in the same seats with some of those students in colleges. I can say that I was able to stand my own with my St. Louis public school education. Kudos. But yeah, you have things like that that happens all the time. And what you can experience with the rags to riches story, we tend to root for the underdog. But then when they start winning, we become their biggest critic. So just lack of empathy. And I think the best way to 
resolve half of this is just being willing to have a conversation. There's some people that are just out of touch and you just don't have access to. And I don't understand why people take the time to hate on those people, but they do. It's society. Social media made it even easier, but neither here nor there. We have three power dynamics. Privileged individuals may hold more influence in societal, economic, and political context. This power dynamic can lead to feelings of disempowerment and frustrations among those with less privilege who might believe that that privileged group is controlling important decisions to their demise. Wow, that takes a lot of thinking. So the power dynamic part that can be employee to boss, that can be teacher to student, that can be anyone. And in some cases, there are individuals that take advantage of their power. So there are individuals that really push the envelope as it pertains to power dynamic and make bad decisions and really get that power just to tear other people down. If you think about the kid that was being bullied and became a police officer and now he's abusing his authority. If you think about the guy that was bullied through high school and and became a a doctor and now he don't want to see certain individuals and things of that nature. There's so many people that have garnered success out of the place of hate and spite from their childhood traumas that get in these positions and tend to be assholes to everyone that triggers that emotion, right? And then that brings us down to like number four, stereotyping and assumptions. Stereotypes can perpetrate negative perceptions about privileged individuals, assuming that they are entitled, arrogant, and disconnected. These assumptions can lead to preconceived judgment, right? And disdain for those with privilege. And this is back to the Jamie Foxx thing. This is some of the things that the Jewish community try to control because if you're speaking the truth about their wealth and their power in these things, it creates a, a different type of hate because people don't necessarily like people that's doing good and that has control and that has power. When we hear power, it makes us cringe. For years and decades that I've been on earth and have understanding what power was, I was uncomfortable with hearing anything regarding power or my power and influence that I may have because of the disdain that I grew up listening to and hearing as it pertains to people with privilege. So there's a hit or miss. There are some people that can be victimized based on the stereotypes of people with privilege. Oh, I thought you was da 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 da. I get that a lot. Oh, I'm like, no, I'm cool dude. I'm hood nigga from St. Louis. Just grew out of some ways and able to mask it a little different. And some things grew apart and grew out of me. And I show up different to society. But no, I'm laid back, cool. I just want to see people do good. But because of the stereotypical and the assumption of what success looks like and how I am perceived on social media or how I can be perceived out there speaking, they assume that I am this type of way. And everyone with privilege isn't entitled, arrogant, or disconnected. There are some individuals like me that wants to be successful in order to give back and advocate for people less fortunate, especially if you was a person that grew up less fortunate and that's continue to strive and elevate. Number five, erosion of meritocracy. When privilege is seen as a determining factor for success rather than a personal effort and skills, people may feel that the concept of meritocracy is undermined. This can breed resentment as individuals believe that their own achievements are devalued. So this is something that we all have to pay attention to, especially in the workforce. Me as a business owner that have staff, something I have to be mindful for. Me as a 
leader in the community that works with numerous teams with different personalities, something that I have to be mindful for because there's some people out here that see other people's success as their own demise because this person was able to do this because this person has this. It must be a shot at me. I must not be doing enough. Why are they awarding that person and not me? So we have to be careful with how we merit, how we support, how we acknowledge individuals, which is crazy, right? You would think that, oh, this person is doing good stuff. I want to recognize this person and that'd be it. But it's people out here that will see that and view themselves as less than. So there's no spite of you. There's no wrongdoing of you. It's literally how that individual perceive. And that's why I said it's about personal experiences. It's not always about what you're doing. It's about how they're experiencing it based on some things that they may have to uncover and get an understanding of. And number six, six is a good number, by the way, cultural and social divide. Differences in privilege can incubate existing cultural, social, and economic division within society. People may resent those with more privilege due to feelings of exclusion or marginalization, perceiving that they are being left behind in various aspects of life. Whew. And this was a big one. And I say this was like the most biggest one because I have felt this from family, from friends. As one continued to elevate, we hear things about being bougie. Are you so sadity? Your standards too high? Things of this nature. And it's not that our standards are too high. It's that we have been living below standard for so long that it became a cultural norm. And the moment that you want to step out, it creates this divide. So when we talk about black culture, the black experience, we tend to talk about the struggle. And then once someone makes it out of the struggle, we tend to perceive that that individual is now living like the white people, trying to keep up with the Joneses and things of that nature. That's not the case. Why black success, black excellence, can't be accepted in the black experience. Why do we continue and allowing others to continue to identify us as struggle, as slavery, as poverty, as living in the hood, doing drugs, selling drugs, dying from drugs? Why is that our acceptable identity? And that anytime someone thinks that success and that leaders and community the private sector, the public sector, the government is a bad thing. Why is the black Republican the most hated individual in United States in black society? These are the conversation and the thoughts that we must have and to figure out how do we reverse how we've been conditioned to think. And this is not just in a black community. This is all over. I said earlier, Donald Trump hated NFL because they didn't allow him to get a football team. You got Elon Musk and Zuckerberg getting ready to box. It's all about perceived privilege and how that person is experiencing it. that make anti in the book Power of Crisis. We're talking about China and America and Russia and every other country with all this power. And because this country has more power, more influence, more natural resources, more access, it creates this somewhat dangerous rivalry 
of the world. And now we're all walking on pins and needles and can't work together. Because if I give this person props, it devalues me and my role that I play. If I allow this person to lead and we get to the other side of the mountaintop, now that person gets all the glory and that glory devalues me and what I provided and added to the process. Remember that individual perspectives are shaped by a multitude of factors, including personal experiences, social influences, and psychological processes, right? While these talking points that I mentioned, perceived unfairness, lack of empathy, power dynamics, stereotyping and assumptions, erosion of meritocracy, cultural and social divide, these provide some insight on why people might hold negative feelings towards those with more privilege, even if it's a little more privilege. We both poor. I just happened to get on this field trip because I was able to, you know, scrape up some dollars on this field trip. Now you mad at me. But not everyone would share these sentiments. And there are often complex emotions that play into these situations. Anti-privilege is really a thing. And it don't matter how high you go, how rich you may get, how healthy of a family dynamics you may have. No matter what type of car you're driving, we all are filled with biases based on lived experience and we all have our triggers. Anti-privilege sits in each and every one of us. Some of us hate our bosses and it's really diving deep into self and figuring out why. We can't change societal issues, but we can change our own and we are just one piece of society. So I challenge everyone to search deep. And learn how to manage, not eliminate, because it's going to be there, but learn how to manage our anti-privilege so that we can continue to elevate more healthier and bring people along. Peace and love. Thank y'all, Valians, for being a part of this journey. Make sure y'all continue to engage on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bell's World Podcast. If you want to sponsor or be a guest on an upcoming episode, feel free to shoot us an email at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Do not hesitate to hit us up on Anchor and leave a voice memo and hear yourself on an upcoming episode. Veil's World can be heard on all the podcast platforms. I'm talking Apple, I'm talking Spotify, and many more. And before you leave, Make sure you hit the subscribe, share button, tell a friend to tell a friend. And yes, reviews are always wanted. Let the world know how you really feel. And I can't forget, support. Become a monetary investor for as little as 99 cents a month. And we can take this thing a long way. Peace and love. It's the team.